I'm Joel Parker. And I'm Kendra Kruger. And I'm Shelley Schlender. And I'm Susan Moran. This is How on Earth, the show that makes you smarter. Today is Tuesday, October 14th, 2014. Coming up, do fathers matter? Dare I ask this? Actually, it's the title of a recently published book called Do Fathers Matter? What Science is Telling Us About the Parent We've Overlooked? It's by science journalist Paul Rayburn, who answers the question here. And the surprise was not that the answer was yes. The surprise was there's an enormous number of ways in which fathers contribute that I never would have expected. And I think would be really uh, interesting to folks. And listen up. We have clips from Susan's interview with Paul Rayburn and several of his books to give away to special pledgers. So welcome to this special edition of How on Earth for the KGNU Fall Pledge Drive. Uh, we know that there are a lot of listeners out there who love to get their science through How on Earth. And we are in such a great location here between Alan Watts and Jim Hightower. And we have a lot of the How on Earth familiar voices here in the studio today. Yes, we do. I'm Susan Moran once again. And I'm Shelley Schlender. And Kendra Kruger. So... Those of you who like listening to How on Earth and getting your science from here and hearing all the different stories that we present here, many that you won't hear on other stations, please call in at 303-449-4885. We have a lot of goodies here for you today and some special features for you to listen to as previews for upcoming shows. One thing uh, we wanted to start off with here, as we usually do, we often have science calendar activities. We tell you what's happening in this wonderful front range area that is so rich in science. For example, we have a few events coming up on the science calendar this week. First, we have two, yes, two Cafe Scientifiques this week. The first one is tonight, Tuesday, October 14th, at the Boulder Cafe Sci. The topic is the toxic environment of pesticide research, regulation, and risk assessment, and will be presented by Rella Abernathy, who is the integrated pest management specialist for the city of Boulder. Rella will discuss examples such as the current controversy about the role of insecticides in honeybee decline to highlight the confusion and the problems associated with pesticide regulation and research. She will discuss how we determine the actual impact of pesticides and make the best decisions about their use in the face of rapid declines of multiple species of animals that are being attributed in part to pesticide exposure. So that Cafe Sci is tonight, Tuesday, October 14th, and meets on the second floor of the West Flanders Brewing Company at 1125 Pearl Street in Boulder. Refreshments begin at 5.30 p.m. and the talk starts at 6 o'clock. The presenter speaks for about 15 to 25 minutes, followed by a question and answer period. For more information and to RSVP if space is limited, go to cafesciboulder.wordpress.com. The second Cafe Sci event is tomorrow night in Denver. And these events are just great because they welcome people from all sorts of backgrounds to come in. So you don't have to be a scientist to come and join these discussions, but they're really open format, sort of like how KGNU is, where we want everyone to participate in the conversation and we love talking with everyone. Everyone's involved. Yeah, that's right. 
And so this event happening, the other cafe side tomorrow night in Denver, the title is Stem Cells Are Us, Promise and Pitfalls for Understanding Why We Get Sick and How We Might Get Better. The presenter for this one is Bruce Apple, the director of the Pediatric Stem Cell Program and the Graduate Training Program in Cell Biology, Stem Cells, and Development at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. His laboratory investigates genetic mechanisms that guide development of the nervous system with a specific focus on neural stem cells. Dr. Apple will talk about what promises and limitations of stem cells, although they get a lot of hype from their potential to treat disease and injury, developing safe and effective stem cell therapies is challenging. So that cafe size tomorrow night, Wednesday, October 15th, and meets on the second floor of Brooklyn's restaurant near the Pepsi Center. Brooklyn's is at 901 Aurora Parkway. The talk starts at 6.30 p.m., but of course you can arrive earlier to order food. For more information, www.cafecicolorado.org. All Café Scientifiques are free and open to the public. And this is a super busy calendar this week, not just here on KGNU. So tomorrow night, Jod Abumrad, host of Radio Lab, will be at the Boulder Theater to give a talk called Embracing the Gut Churn. And I don't think this one's about gut microbes. The lecture thread begins with a simple question, what does it mean to innovate? How does it feel to make something new in the world? On one level, the lecture is a personal story of how Jod invented a new aesthetic. On another, it's a clinic in the art of storytelling. And on a third and more profound level, the lecture is the result of a three-year investigation into the science, philosophy, and art of uncertainty, which all began with the two words that are the title of his talk, gut churn. What use do negative feelings have during the creative process? Do those feelings get in the way, or do they propel us forward? That show is 8 p.m. tomorrow night, Wednesday, October 15th, at the Boulder Theater. For more info, go to bouldertheater.com. That is the science calendar just for this week. Just a taste of the science that goes on here at the Front Range that we try to provide to you at How on Earth of just the diversity of science activities and bring in scientists into our studio to talk with us and present what's happening, what cutting-edge research happens here on the Front Range. And if you want to keep that going, please pledge Renew or a new membership at 303-449-4885. And I believe we have a matching matching here for our pledges. We do. We have a wonderful challenge grant possibility here. If we get enough of uh, people pledging their support, the goal is $3,000 during how on Earth and also Alan Watts. The challenge total will be an, an extra $2,000 if we reach this. That's a lot. And special thanks to all of the people who have contributed to this challenge. It's Tom McKinnon and Susan Moran. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> and Michael and Vinja Donahue, Cynthia from Boulder, and Todd Thillman. So many people here adding the catalyst to help us all join in and add our contributions to KGNU. Call us here at 303-449-4885, and let's see what kind of synergy, let's see what kind of catalyst you can create by pledging your support. Support the science, the science discussions. And we have many examples of interesting shows. We have had Nobel Prize laureates here. We've had people presenting research that you haven't heard elsewhere till they came in here and told us what was happening in their lab. 
So many options. And you know, Joe, one of my favorite things is we've had Nobel Prize winners before they won the Nobel Prize. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's one of the neat things about science here. We are so lucky to have so much interesting science happening on the front range that we get to feature here through KGNU and How on Earth. And you as our listeners, people love the chance to share their ideas with you. And now's your chance to give back by pledging your support by calling 303-449-4885. And we have a few thank you gifts here some wonderful books we have one our anchor interview book called do fathers matter what science is telling us about the parent we've overlooked by science journalist paul rayburn so you may think that's a really obvious question but as a father i would say so (laughs) and it's not so much about do we care about them or do we not But there's some surprising things. For instance, you'll find out in this book that the Y chromosome has actually been shrinking, which raises the question scientifically, genetically, are fathers disappearing? Hopefully not. (laughs) I I still feel I'm very much here. Even some of my Y may be missing. And why does this matter to us? Well, I would say that this matters to us not only because of the Y chromosome, because if you are a father or if you have a father— This is the kind of book that you might want to find out about because it is true. I think it is true, Susan, that the dads get overlooked quite often. They don't get nearly the press as moms do. And it's it's wonderful to be a mom, but boy, those dads count. And the science of how they count sounds like it's interesting. Yeah, and and not just... um do they count or do they not count on how they've been overlooked socially? But apparently, sort of like with women in heart studies, men have really been overlooked or absolutely dismissed in scientific studies until pretty recently. So not that much has been known about the connection, genetic and otherwise, which you can find out about by reading the book, Do Fathers Matter? So I thought we would start with a clip. Um, So as we said before, you know, it seems obvious that, that fathers matter, but just how fathers are affected by parenthood and how they in turn affect their kids is not so obvious, as Paul Rayburn, the author, shows us in the book. So Rayburn looks at the latest research in anthropology, animal behavior, neuroscience, and genetics to uncover actually many surprises. I interviewed him over the weekend, and we jumped right into the gender divide. And I have to get this one out of the way because it's always bugged me as a woman that men can go on and have kids well into their 70s, if not later, and we right. women for now anyway, cannot. Right. And, and studies historically have really focused on the women that come age 35, you're really raising the risk of passing on problems, consequences to your kids. Right. And you're showing that in recent studies over the last few years, it shows that men as well, maybe, maybe different, but right about at the age of 40, is this threshold beyond which they show an increasing risk of passing on right. consequences, autism and others, to the kids. That's right. So, so the, the thing that probably the single most important genetic issue that the public understands that all of us have heard for many years is that women's risk, in particular, of, of having child with Down syndrome increases as she gets older. And it's not, there's nothing sort of magic about 35. It, the risk gets a little bit higher um, every year. I mean, it's a little higher at 29 than it is at 28. Um, but, you know, in the mid-30s, people begin to think about it a little bit and worry about it a little bit more. Um, and nobody knows, however, that as fathers get older, that their age also affects the, ri- the risk of Down syndrome in the kids. So, and it's, and it's not that different from the risk of mothers. It's just that nobody has looked at this before. And as you point out, 
uh, old, the kids of older fathers have an increased risk of schizophrenia, an increased risk of autism, and a number of other sort of rare and unusual uh, inherited diseases. So um, this is something that's quite new. Probably over the last 10 years or so, we get the first hints of this. And uh, some people even think that, you know, the, the age of fathers on average is rising in the U.S. And we also have a rise in autism, which has not been completely explained. And this is a controversial point, but some researchers think that the increasing age of fathers may be responsible for a lot of those increased number of autism cases. Interesting. And do they know much about so, the mechanism itself? I mean, is it they the don't... morphology of the sperm or what, what's happening? Well, so... So the, the idea, the reason nobody looked at this for a long time is because, you know, women are born with all the eggs they're going to have as, as adults. Alas. Um, but, but, alas, but men manufacture new sperm all the time. So if it's new and it's fresh and it's, you know, any time it's needed for reproduction, then how could it be, any problem? How, how could it be associated with problems with aging? You know, it's, it's, it's manufactured at age 50 the same way it is at age 30 for a man. Well... So when somebody, as with many of these things, the answer seems so clear nobody looked at it. But when people did finally start to look at it, there is something in them that ages, and that is something called spermatogonia, which are the sperm factories. So the cells in which the sperm are made age, and as you know, as with women, as these things age, are more likely to be errors. So um, people are still trying to figure out the details of that, but that seems to be where the problem lies. Paul Rayburn from the book, Do Fathers Matter? What Science is Telling Us About the Parent We've Overlooked. We'll play a bit more later, but do call in now for a pledge of at least $60. Yes, this is 303-449-4885 for your pledge. If you want to read a little more about Do Fathers Matter? What the science is telling us about the parent that we've overlooked. I don't know if I've overlooked him, but... I think this sounds like a very tantalizing title. You know, Joel, as our representative dad, I'm wondering what you think about this book about Do Fathers Matter? Susan, from what you've told us so far in your interview, there's some stuff about how dads can get stale. <laughs> and how, what what do you think? <laughs> well, I haven't read the book, so I can comment freely without any bias <laughs> whatsoever based on any fact. I've seen a lot of fathers who uh, don't seem to get stale and vigor in old age. So, you know, maybe, maybe not. They have uh, young kids to old age. So uh, I'd be interested in seeing what the book has to say about that. Well, one thing, and it may be coming up in the snippet, is uh, he says that fathers are so significant in their role in bringing play to kids. And first I'm like, well, of course, mothers play as well. But he was saying, by and large, it's a certain way fathers play with kids, maybe not when they're you know, 70 and their kids are three, but but that brings this sort of rambunctiousness and this element of play and uncertainty that's really important and apparently has quite an influence on the kids' social development, especially as they start going into school. So stale? I don't... Maybe it could go the other way, too. A three-year-old can certainly either tire <laughs> you out or energize you up. Uh, if you're a 70-year-old, it could go both ways. Well, and we were talking about um, sperm and eggs, mainly there uh, uh, in that first clip. And what do you think, Susan? Are there some possibilities that, just as with moms who are older, and if there's more risk of Down syndrome and other illnesses, there's also more possibility of genius sometimes with parents who are older when they have their kids? I don't know. Do tell. 
Because <laughs> he talks more, at least in the in the genetic part, that that there is some sort of decomposition or or decay of the cells that contain the sperms. Thus, there could be, and I don't know how proven this is, but this link with autism and even schizophrenia, maybe. But genius. Yes, I, I think that there have been some studies that indicate that there's some degree of, of greater brain power sometimes with kids of older parents. Now, whether that's because the dads are not only playing with them more, but they've got more wisdom and the moms too, who knows? But that's the reason we love science, isn't it? We get to ask all these questions. And if you love science, give us a call here at 303-449-4885 and pledge your support. There are a number of books we have. We have Do Fathers Matter, which sounds like it will make a great conversation conversation around any table or around any water feature anywhere. <laughs> it will be it will be something that sparks a lot of ideas. And then what other books do we have here, Susan? And speaking of a water feature, we've got another book called Proof, The Science of Booze by Adam Rogers, who's a science editor at Wired Magazine. And I should say it's not just for those who love to drink alcohol, but who have asked the questions like, how is, how is, alcohol distilled. Apparently it's been going on for 10,000 years. And it's a fascinating story about microbes. I know you love, and we've brought in many people about gut microbes. These are the microbes that specialize in this activity. So goes way back to the Phoenicians, way back to, you know, distilleries in Kentucky, US. So it's really sort of the science and the history of the science of booze. Really fascinating book. And you can get a copy of that. We have eight copies to give away. For a pledge of at least $60, call now, 303-449-4885. And I'll be interviewing Adam Rogers on November 18th on the How on Earth show. We're studying this. We're, you know, we have these pauses here because we all love science books and we're reading them right now. Okay, so we're on the air and not only are we reading science books, but we're also talking about them. We can't get enough. We really can't. I'm thinking about the booze book because I've got a friend who has decided that Colorado has become a little bit of a sad place. There are very few illegal things you can do in Colorado <laughs> anymore. And so because, you know, there's marijuana that's recreational now and, and medical marijuana. So guess what? He's making his own bourbon. And I'm not going to tell you who he is, but I'm going to say it's really delicious. And um, this might be the kind of book for him. And I just want to say the special thing about KGNU in general, How on Earth in particular, is this is really a volunteer-driven, community-driven effort. We have a lot of people here who feel very committed to what KGNU has to offer, programming that you want to hear. It's driven by the listeners. It's driven by the community. It's not some corporate entity saying this is what we think is important. This is the only things we'll play. You get to say what really matters, and your vote comes in through pledging to supporting this community effort at 303-449-4885. We have volunteers here working on How on Earth who have been involved for decades, and some who are very new and recent. That's right. Kendra here is one of our most recent volunteers. Kendra, what brought you here, what brought you to KG and you in general, and how on earth? As a, a scientist and an engineer in my background, I was sort of lacking this connection to my local community, and I always had these philosophical conversations about the purpose of science and where it was going in the bigger picture. But 
I, I needed more. I, I wanted that connection with more people and to see what other people were thinking about these issues. So just after listening to KGNU, driving in my car in the morning, heard about one of their volunteer orientations and was like, I'm going to do it. And finally, after about the third time, I actually did it. And we're <laughs> so, so glad you did. <laughs> and and the great part about the studio is just the support that's available. You know, I don't have any background in journalism or broadcasting. And I've learned everything from the beginning to editing, to doing the stories and producing. And it's an amazing experience. And you meet people and you feel supported and you're learning all the time. And that's great that they have that resource here at KGNU. And, you, and you've done an amazing job. And like Kendra said, she basically learned everything on the job, writing headlines, producing shows, being our exec, one of our co-executive producers for this quarter. There's just so many opportunities here, both to be involved and to contribute, whether it's contributing your time or contributing your pledges at 303-449-4885 for a number of books we have here. And Susan, I think we have a little more from the book that we have here, Do Fathers Matter? Yeah, so there's another little snippet from the book. There's a fascinating part on how fathers affect their daughters. Again, it may seem obvious, but there are certain ways sort of genetically and neurochemically that the author has discovered in his research. So listen up. Interesting. And I know in the book you walk readers through different stages of childhood and teenage and into adult years as, as kids anyway. And I, I was struck by, I guess not surprising on the one hand, but it is in that in the teenage years, will you say that these studies show that the absent of a father at home can have a big effect on the sexual development and behavior of their teenage daughters, early or puberty, other other instances? So what, what's up with that science? Well... So puberty, again, is one of those times in our lives that's a, you know, primal biological change. And it's certainly, as far as we can tell, nothing we can do about that. It happens when it happens, and, um, you know, it ends to everybody within a relatively short window of a year or two, and uh, it's a big deal. And, and people, you know, kids change, beginning the change into adulthood, and they change physically, they change psychologically and socially, and so enough about that. It's a big deal. Uh, and so it turns out that when fathers are not present in the home, uh, young girls go into puberty significantly earlier than if a father is there. Now, this sounds impossible. Well, it sounds um, a little counterintuitive is, even, not just impossible. Well, then, well, both. So first of all, how did the presence or absence of a father affect this fundamentally important biological principle. We're not saying he's doing something. We're not saying anything. He's either there or not there. That's the mystery. And uh, secondly, why would uh, puberty occur earlier? So a couple of things. Um, we don't really know why the father's absence makes this change. It's clear that it does. Uh, and, and the best guess is that the father's scent, his pheromones, are picked up by the young girl's body in some way. And that they, those could affect, you know, the presence or absence of the pheromones can affect the timing of puberty. So that's maybe the answer to that mystery. We don't know for sure, and people are trying to figure that out. The other question you ask is, why would, why would a young girl go into puberty earlier? And this is an evolutionary argument. So again, people don't know, but here's what they think might be going on. That is that uh, if, a, if a young girl is in an environment without a father, her body may... 
you know, register that as a less secure environment. If she's in a less secure environment, the best biological strategy for her might be to mature faster and to get out of the family and create her own family, which might be more secure. So, uh, and it turns out, you know, in, in ways that aren't so good, uh, girls who go into early puberty uh, in these circumstances are more likely to engage in risky sexual behavior. Uh, they're more likely to become pregnant as teenagers and a lot of things that don't fit very well in our society. But basically what's going on is they're trying to, you know, get out of the family sooner to try, try to find a more secure family situation. So I should note that um, Paul Rayburn, the author of the book, Do Fathers Matter, cites plenty of studies that show that many kids, obviously, of lesbian parents and single moms, single dads, for that matter, do perfectly fine. It's not a sociological treatise, but there's a lot in here about just the curious biology and neurochemistry of this. So again, that's Do Fathers Matter? With your pledge of $60 or more, you can have a copy. We've got 10 to give out. Call 303 449 4885. And I should say an extended version of the interview will play next week, Tuesday on How on Earth. And I would like to thank a few people who have pledged some online. We have Anonymous from Boulder, uh, who is renewing, who says they love our program. So thank you very much for that. And then we have another Anonymous from Erie, who is also renewing. These renewals are very important. We thank people who obviously have enjoyed the program so much they feel it's important to continue contributing to How on Earth. Well, I have a special thanks to somebody who's pledged. Keith Hartnett called from Boulder, and he says that what prompted him to pledge right now, Joel, is to say hi to Shelley. <laughs> so <laughs> hi there, Keith. <laughs> Whatever and, it takes. And you know, Keith um, Keith is a wonderful builder. And I will say this, it's wonderful to know that there are builders and carpenters and people working on houses that are listening to How on Earth. It's just so exciting to know that. And so thank you for your pledge. We build a community here, and that's exactly what we like to hear. I think we have another thank you as well. We've also got Jonathan from Boulder, who's renewing, and he loves How on Earth and Alan Watts. Great combination to have on a Tuesday morning. So this Alan Watts really is one of our most popular shows here on KGNU, and How on Earth just fits so perfectly before Alan Watts. I just love to hear the science meld into the philosophy. So you can enjoy that meld and support it by calling 303-449-4885. You are listening to KGNU, Boulder, Denver, 88.5 FM, 1390 AM, and everywhere around the world on your personal electronic devices at kgnu.org.